So this morning, we, our, our subject this morning was the sacrifice of praise. And that thought, I hope I, I, I maintained that thought through this week of, and, and hopefully past that, of does my, does my praise cost me enough to be considered a sacrifice? Isn't that a good question to think about? And that's what we want to, that's what we want to work on. Um, but I want to deal with a little bit different subject tonight. Look at Second Thessalonians chapter eight. I'm sorry, <laughs> good luck. Second Thessalonians chapter two and verse eight. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Lord, help us as we deal with this topic tonight. Lord, help us to have your mind. In Jesus' name, amen. What we're seeing here this morning, we looked at true worship. Tonight, I want to talk about counterfeit worship, counterfeit worship. Now, there is, Antichrist is coming, but according to 1 John, he's already here. There's already the spirit of Antichrist in the world. If anyone that says that Jesus is not come in the flesh, that God is not come in the flesh, that is the spirit of Antichrist. And of course, we know that's the spirit of the age. Would you all agree with that? We definitely live in a post-Christian reality. That's where we live. But how is this delusion this one world church, this false religion, how is that going to work? Well, what we have is a parody. A parody, a parody is a, a farcical imitation of a literary work or song. How many of you remember Weird Al? Right? So you had that, that Michael Jackson song, Beat It. He did a parody of it about cereal, Just Eat It. Even if it's soggy, eat it. And it was silly and dumb. And the guy's actually pretty talented, the, the stuff that he does. That's a parody. That's what Satan is bringing. And we have a parody of true worship that takes place all over the world every time there is a church service. But that shouldn't surprise us because Satan has always been an imitator. There are false Christians in the world who are really children of the devil. So look at 2 Corinthians. Hold your place in 2 Thessalonians. But look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And you all know this passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And look with me at verse 26. That must be 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Sorry. Give me a second. Second Corinthians chapter 11. And look at verse 13. I don't know what I wrote in my notes. Second Corinthians chapter 11. And look at verse 13. 
For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Christ himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works." So there are false Christians in the world. There are false ministers. They preach a false gospel. Remember that Paul was talking to the church at Galatia, and he said that, that if anyone brings another gospel, which is not another, let him be accursed. False ministers that bring a false gospel. How many of you know they already exist in the world? This is counterfeit religion. And I'm, I'm just amazed. You know, one of the things that I, I had a guy tell me one time that... Um, that we need that our music we we needed to have more of a driving beat with our christian music in in our worship because they've done studies that in bars when they when they do that it gets people up and gets them moving we need to do that in our music and i said this is a church we're not a bar what's supposed to move people the rhythm of our music or the holy spirit and you know, we're not kooky on the, the music stuff. Although, my, my singing this morning, did y'all enjoy my, my rendition of whatever that was I was doing? Um, folks, the melody and the message are always going to drive the music at Grace Baptist Church. Did you hear what I just said? The melody and the message. The melody and the, me- the message. It, that's that's who we are. That's that's what we're doing. But what we're what we're seeing in churches is whatever the world is doing. So um, Scott Huffman told me one time that he had gone to a church in uh, Tennessee or something. He was there on business. Went to church on Sunday, and everything was all blacked out in the church, and the seats were recliners. Man, y'all can't stay awake in those chairs. What would you do in recliners? How many of you think maybe that was a solid... What, what are the chances of that being a solid Bible-preaching church? I think I mentioned to you that when we installed these lights, that um, the, the lighting contractor really tried to talk me out of these because they're so bright. And I, so I took him to the middle of the room, and I got a book, and I opened it up, and I said... You have to be able to read. You have to be able to see it. Because the, the kind of churches they go to, you don't, you don't need that. It's not, it's not necessary. Um, have you noticed that I rarely put the scripture that I'm preaching up on the screen? I want you to have it in your Bible. Now, if you happen to be using a, an electronic device to follow along or whatever, that doesn't, I don't care. That's not what I'm talking about. But I want you to be interacting with the text. I want you to have a Bible. I want you to be seeing what God is saying to, so that you can see I'm not just pulling something out of its context and putting it on a screen and talking about it, that you see where it is in your Bible and that, that we have it in the right spot. And counterfeit worship, they're, what they're trying to do is they're trying to bring the world into the church. Uh, there was John MacArthur that I heard say years ago that, that the church is supposed to be heaven come down on earth. That's, that's what the church service is supposed to be. The kind of worship, the kind of adoration, the exaltation of, of the Lord by exalting his word. That's what a church service is supposed to be. 
And the seeker-sensitive movement that, and, and here, here's the idea. I actually went to a meeting when I was in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and um, was it Sunnyside or something, the name of the church? The, what was it? Sunnyside Christian Church. And this church growth guru had come, so we went to that meeting, Dave McCracken and Ron Jones and I. And I'll never forget that what they were teaching us was, well, what you want to do is you want to go and do a survey and we were in Stillwater. So you want to find out what Stillwater Steve is looking for in a church. And so you're going to go and you're going to do a survey. At what are you looking for in a church? What, what would you like the church to look like? And then so that you can minister to your culture, that's what you have your church be. Now in Stillwater, it would be, you know, you'd have a rodeo. <laughs> you'd have a bunch of cowboys and that's, that's what church would be. Um, but so, do you know what the problem with that is? You are asking people who are never going to come to your church what church is supposed to be. Would it be wise to ask, would it be wise to ask people that hate God what the church service ought to be? Is that wisdom? Especially when God has always has already told us what the church is supposed to be. We know what it's supposed to be. And you know what our problem is? The world doesn't want it. And so what are we going to do? We're going to minister outside the camp like we looked at this morning. Now, this is the other side to remember, though. Now, because of sickness and things, our attendance was down a little bit this morning. We're packing this building out already. Have you noticed that? So apparently preaching the truth, having godly music... Having godly standards, exalting the word of God over and over again, having really high expectations of our people through discipleship and membership, evangelism, those things that we are emphasizing. Well, apparently people can still get saved and grow in the Lord and want to be active in a church. Amen? No. Uh, maybe we're not going to have, we're not going to rent a stadium like Joel Osteen does. Maybe that won't happen, but people are still going to follow the Lord. Isn't that a blessing? Because God never told me to fill a stadium. God told me to preach the word. God has only called us to be faithful. But there is a farcical parody of Christianity that is taking place in the world. Went to lunch with some folks today, and they were telling us about uh, the, their church and how different a church service is here than there. And um, I think all of us have experienced this. It's very difficult to get a man of God to stand up and tell the truth. It's very difficult. And now, praise God, we've got a church here that wants to hear it, that if we have people that don't want to hear it, that there's a, there's a core here that wants to hear the truth, and that's why you, you called me as pastor 20, almost 25 years ago. That's the direction the church wanted to go. Praise God for that. You, I want you to know how important you are in maintaining proper worship in the church. What will you tolerate? What will you accept? Will you hold us accountable? I want to give you an example of some things that we do that to, to make us different from the rest of the world. We do, I still do silly things like we require our guys on the platform to wear a tie and our ladies on the platform to wear dresses. Okay, if the guys want to wear kilts, whatever. But... We, we really try to make sure that 
number one, the men look like men and the women look like women. How many of you think that's a good idea? Right? And you all know, I don't think there's anything spiritual about wearing a tie. I'm not wearing one tonight. How many of you men would just give a hearty amen on that right there? Nothing spiritual about wearing a tie. But I, I think that there's a certain, here's a worldly word for you, gravitas. There's a, there's a certain image that you put forth when you do that. And I'm going to tell you, the only reason that we do dresses on the ladies that have to be a certain length and ties on the men, here's why we do that. I don't want to have to talk to the ladies about what they're wearing on the platform. How many of you think it'd be weird if I walked up to a lady after she got done singing on the platform and I talked to her about her clothes? How many of you think that would be weird? Do you know a good way not to have to do that? To have a rule for somebody that's going to be coming up. Does that make sense? How many of you that makes sense to you, what we're doing there? Secondly, with the ties, I've even wrestled with it. It's not a spiritual thing whether or not a person wears a tie. Why do I do that? Man, we got a cool building. Don't we? Yeah, we look cool. I mean, we are, we are in. We are happening. We are with it. We're kicky. We're now. <laughs> Laura's thinking, never do that again. Um, when somebody comes in here, I want them to know that we're just an old-fashioned Bible-preaching church. That's what we're going to maintain. That's what we're going to keep doing. That's who we are. Now, you guys know that I don't think it's a spiritual thing whether or not you wear ties or, or any of that. Ladies, be modest, right? That's, that's biblical. Beyond that, I really don't have an opinion on it. I gave my opinion on green hair today. <laughs> um, but I, I really don't. That's none of my business. But why do we do that? Because there's a lot of counterfeit worship out there, and I want people to know when they come in here that we're serious about what we're doing. Is that fair? Is that fair? That, that's, that's what we're doing. There's a synagogue of Satan talked about in the book of Revelation. That these, these are false Christians, and they have counterfeit righteousness that is not the saving righteousness of Christ. They have a false assurance of salvation that will prove useless when they face judgment. Understand that we have a gospel that's being preached in these churches that you are not saved from anything. It's not preaching against sin. It's not preaching against unholiness. It's not preaching against unrighteousness. It's all about friendship and relationship and you're okay and God loves you. God's not mad at you. That is not the biblical gospel. Counterfeit. Counterfeit worship. But notice there's also a wicked revelation. There's a wicked revelation. Look at Second uh, Thessalonians. Go back there. Chapter 1. A wicked revelation. So look at the righteous revelation. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, look at verse 7. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. That's when it's all going to happen. It's all going to happen. That's a righteous revelation. Look at an unrighteous revelation. Chapter 2 and verse 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed. That wicked be revealed. How is he revealed? That wicked is Satan. Notice it's capitalized, that capital W. That's a, that's a proper name, that wicked. That's Satan. 
He's going to be revealed when he sets himself up as an idol in the holiest of all. So what's commonly called the holy of holies. Your Bible never says holy of holies. It says holiest of all. But when, it, when, when he is set up in that place in the new temple and he is asked to be worshipped, he asks people to worship him as God. That's a wicked revelation. That's when you're going to know who he is. That's when the world will know who he is. That's the worship that's coming. And he's going to be revealed. He's going to take over. And what's interesting is that will be a wonder-filled revival. How many of you know people that are in the charismatic movement and that's what they're looking for, signs and wonders? David, is that taking over South America? It's crazy. It's crazy how the charismatic movement takes over. Because that's what they think God is. Look at verse 9, chapter 2 and verse 9. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. Look at what it says. With all signs and what kind of wonders? Lying wonders. Y'all remember when Moses went before Pharaoh and he threw his, his staff down and it turned into a snake? What did the priests there do? The same thing. Now, honestly, how many of you that would be creepy if you saw that? Any kind of snake is creepy. I mean, I'm out. But when God does it and then Satan's representatives do it, one's a true wonder, the other's a lying wonder. A lying wonder. That's what Satan's going to do. It's a wonder-filled revival. Jesus performed many signs and wonders. Acts 2.22, ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. It's fun. I love how precise the Bible is. You know, Jesus, when he came, he gave up the free and independent exercise of his own deity. God the Father did those wonders through Jesus while he was here. Isn't that cool how precise the Bible is on that? Just little details like that. The purpose of God's miracles was to lead people to the truth, and the purpose of Antichrist's miracles will be to lead people to believe his lies. How many of you remember the pub church? Y'all remember that? The pub church. Did any of you ever go to the pub church? If you did, raise your hand. I'm not going to make you testify. Did any of you go to it? Remember, there was that place called the pub. I think it's been torn down now, right? You had the pub, and... And the, the Methodist church wanted to start a church in the pub, and it was in the newspapers, the pub church. The pub church. How did that work out for them? It didn't work. It didn't work. Here's the, here's the good news. Preach the gospel. Lead people to Christ. Make disciples. Honor the Lord. And Grace Baptist has been here for 70 years now. Isn't that a blessing? Just keep on doing it the way that God said to do it. The apostles performed miracles. And the purpose of those miracles was to confirm the message. Now we have the Bible. We don't need to confirm the message. All right. Now, look at verse 11. Chapter 2 and verse 11. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Strong delusion. You know, people that don't receive Christ, that never call in the name of the Lord, people that have the opportunity to hear the gospel, during the tribulation, God's going to blind them. They're not going to be able to see. Let's, let's keep reading, and here's why. Verse 12, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. They wouldn't hear. They wouldn't listen to it. And here's what I don't know. I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet. I don't know. But I wonder if these churches that do not want the true gospel, 
They're apostate churches. I wonder if those people are the people that won't receive the truth. And they'll just keep on doing their pagan worship with a false gospel all through this time, and Satan won't have any problem with it. And those people are worshiping, but damned. Worshiping, but damned. Folks, the gospel is a real thing. Amen? It is a real thing. There's all kinds of counterfeit worship out there. Our worship, it needs to be true. We need to be worshiping God from the heart, not with eye service as men pleasers. We need to be people of the book, worshiping God the way that God wants us to worship. Now listen, not everybody's going to like where we draw our lines. There are some people that think our music is, is not conservative enough. There are people that think our dress isn't conservative enough. There are other people that think that I am just to the right of Genghis Khan. We just have to believe we're going to honor the Lord. We're going to be obedient to the scripture. Uh, somebody has to make the rules. I'm going to make some of those rules. And we're going to, that, that's what we're going to do. Amen? That's what we're going to do. I'm going to, you, you need to pray for me that my decisions that I make are godly and spiritual decisions made for the right reason. You might not always agree with those. And here's the good news. You don't have to. Amen? I have to agree with where I draw those lines, but you have to say, okay, at Grace Baptist Church, God called Jim Alter to be pastor. That's what we're going to do. It's not, it's not a dictatorship. It's on some of these things. I take counsel. I listen. We make changes here and there. But on some of these things, there are reasons, there are philosophical and ministry reasons why we maintain what we maintain because there's a lot more to it than you might know. Because of what I see going on around the world and other churches, things that are going on. And so what I want to make sure that we're not doing, we're not saying because our ladies wear dresses and our men wear ties. Notice I point over here to the ladies. I know every once in a while some of you guys are over here too. I'm not insulting your manhood. Um, We're not saying that we are better or more holy than churches that do it differently. That is not what we're saying. Amen? I'm just trying to protect us. Does a church have to have the name Baptist to be right? No. They have to have Baptist doctrine to be right. Amen? We don't have to maintain the, the, the Baptist in our church name for this to be a Bible preaching Baptist church. Don't worry. I'm not making the, Some of you are getting real nervous right now. Um, why do we keep Baptist on the name? I was with a missionary in uh, England, Brian Clark. We're walking down the street and in the theater district. I remember exactly where we were. We're having the conversation. He was getting ready to start the church. And he asked me, he said, should we call it a Baptist church? Do you think we should call it a Baptist church? And I said, well, it just depends on what you want to do. If you want to go into an area and gather up all the Christians and, and gather a group together, then call it a community church. If you want to lead people to Christ, establish them in the faith, baptize them into the church, make them disciplers, right, and protect them from the wolves, then call it a Baptist church. It just depends on what you want to do. Because here's what happens. Let's say that we called, you know, we changed the name to the bridge. We'd have people trying to come here for dinner. It'd really confuse them. How many of you have seen churches? You drive along the street, you know, the bridge. What is that? Is it a restaurant? Is it a nightclub? What is it? What is it? Man, we, we, Laura and I took track. Uh, we're driving to Colorado on vacation. 
and you drive across 70 all the way across the country and you go through some of these cities. And man, there are so many different churches, church names. It's just the weirdest thing you've ever seen. And you don't have any idea what they are, right? Here's what would happen if we, you know, I've told you, I would, I would change it to the ramp, right? Because we're just going to take off to Jesus. Just, hey, where are you going to? Hey, you want to come to the ramp with me? Um, here's why we don't do that. People who have those kinds of names, here's what they deal with nonstop. Charismatics. Charismatic kooks. Nonstop. They don't like Baptist churches. Those people don't like Baptist churches. Do you know why? Don't you all teach once saved, always saved? Is that what you all teach? Do we teach that? Amen. See, we're out on the kookiness. Amen? We are out on the kookiness. We have enough weirdness already. Right? I mean, the yo's go here. We have enough weirdness in this church already. Hi, Amanda. Right? Why do churches always have weird people? I don't know. But we have enough weirdness. Some of you are saying, look, he's... By calling it a Baptist church, there are certain people that are not going, Christians, that are not going to come here. Amen? What are we doing? We're stopping counterfeit worship. Now, are there Baptist churches that don't preach the truth? Absolutely. There are absolutely churches that do that. And yet, the charismatics aren't going into those churches. So those are some, those are some reasons why we do what we do. But the, having to call your church a Baptist church, that's not in the Bible. Amen? It's not in the Bible, but we're going to be a Baptist church because it protects us. So those are just some, that's some inside baseball and why we do what we do. There's a lot of counterfeit religion out there, and Satan is going to use that counterfeit religion after the rapture. There's no doubt, but he's already using it right now to keep people out of heaven. So we want to make sure that we do it, Grace Baptist, is we want to make sure that our worship is is not counterfeit, that it's real. And the Bible says that, that they that worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and in True. So the Holy Spirit has to be here, and we have to be spiritually alive to do that, right? But it also has to be in truth, and that means we care about the Spirit and we care about the truth in equal portions. If one, if you get out of balance on either of those, if it's too much truth, if it's too much truth, then there's no Spirit. It's dead. If there's too much Spirit, there's no truth, and it's anarchy. It's chaos. So let's just make sure that we have proper worship that is a sacrifice to God based on what the Bible says. Amen? Man, I could go on and on and on about counterfeit worship, but I think we know what it is. It's a false gospel. It's fake music. It's, you know, the, the whole 7-Eleven music thing, right? That they sing seven words 11 times, right? And you, have you ever been in a service like that? And then they change the speed. Fast and then slow and... And then the, the, the drums bring it down. The lights come down. And the preacher comes up, how y'all doing tonight? It's just, it's just a show. It's just a show. And I like drums. I'm not preaching against drums, but you know exactly, how many of you know exactly what I'm talking about? It's a manipulated service. We're not going to manipulate people. We're going to sing praises to God. We're going to stand up and preach the word of God. And that's what we're going to do. And... Let's not let that weird, worldly stuff creep into Grace Baptist, right? I don't want showy music. Man, I'll never forget. 
had this couple come in. I'd known them for years. I told them, I said, we do not like showy music. We do not. Oh, we don't do showy music. No, we really don't like showy music. And man, how many of you remember the cheesiest couple that's ever existed that came and sang at Grace Baptist? I don't know if he had dentures. I don't know what was happening with that smile. It was, I was so embarrassed. I thought, oh my goodness. I wanted to crawl under the chairs and die. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. Amen? Have you ever noticed we don't bring many singers in? Have you all, seriously, have you noticed that? Do you know why? Singers are weird. And so, (laughs) Maureen's not here tonight. Oh, man. Praise God. (laughs) Maureen's not weird, okay? I'm trying to land this plane right now. What are you doing, Rebecca? What are you? <laughs> She's doing something crazy. Oh, you remember what I was talking? That's right. Yes. Um, when he turned to the side and his, uh, I can't. Folks, let's just make sure that we are one, worshiping the Lord together. And if it seems like we're a little too strict sometimes, please understand. How many of you understand why we're doing that? Right, we're just trying to be careful and honor the Lord. And uh, I, I think that that brings glory to God. All right, let's all stand together. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for your word and the opportunity to study it. Thank you for the chance to preach the gospel. Thank you for the chance to exalt your word. And Lord, this counterfeit worship that's out there, it, it's a devastating thing. But Lord, help us never to be arrogant because we have the truth. And we do. Help us not to be arrogant. Help us to be humble and to recognize that, that, that the world is always trying to creep into the church. Lord, help, it, help us to make the commitment that it won't come in because of us. In Jesus' name, amen.